0: Okay, we have been exploring the sacraments. We've been specifically dealing with communion and we brought in divine healing a couple of weeks ago, how that, that ties into it. And today we're going to shift gears just a little bit and deal with a different one and it's called water baptism. Um, you know, and, and I opened the series kind of talking about the ritual side of things in churches. And I know a lot of you that grew up in traditions where ritual is, is kind of the norm, um, you know, when if you didn't grow up in that or if you moved out of that into um, charismatic or, or Pentecostal worship or something like that, a lot of times we go, ah, oh, we don't want any ritual in our life. The problem is we're all ritualistic, everybody, because we're human beings, we have rituals in our life. You brush your teeth at the same time every morning, uh, that's a ritual. You eat your food the same way. If you ever watch someone, when you sit down and they have a piece of meat on their plate, they cut it the same way every single time. Well, I'm not ritualistic. Then change up how you cut your meat on the plate. All right? So don't, let's not get hung up on that because even in ritual, uh, even in ritual, there is something that can be very, very um, powerful as we experience what happens in that. Um, You know, ritual is just the established form for a ceremony, an act, or a series of acts that's regularly repeated in a set or precise manner, whether it's good or bad, it's up to you. But the thing that I want you to understand is this morning that we're talking about the mystery, the mystery of the sacraments, what the mysterious side of it. And we've seen so many aspects of the Lord's table that is just the mysterious element. Um, And so today I want to show you some of that when it comes to water baptism, because if you grew up in a tradition kind of like I did, uh, it just kind of ends as a symbol. It's the symbol that you do. It's something that you do and all that, but there's more to it, and we're going to kind of delve into it today. Um, when do we baptize? Now there are a lot of different viewpoints on this. Uh, do we baptize at birth, at confirmation? Do we baptize after salvation? How do we baptize? Do we immerse or do we sprinkle? If we immerse, do we immerse one time backwards or do we do it three times face forward, you know, uh, or, and if we sprinkle, then when do we sprinkle? Um, I don't know. I mean, you can, you can get hung up in a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to kind of unpack this today. Uh, there've been situations when I told you one a few weeks ago about the, the gentleman in Hawaii that was paralyzed from the neck down, he could not get in the ocean and be immersed. So I had to take a, a, a wooden bowl off the table and dump the salad out and get some water out of the ocean and pour it over his head. Was he any less baptized than the ones that got dunked completely in there? No, because it's an attitude of the heart in that moment. You have to do what you can do in the moment and what's available to you. What formula do we use? Do we use a Trinitarian or a Unitarian? Do we, is it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, or is it in Jesus' name only? Uh, here at GNU, we used in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we use the Trinitarian formula. That's how we do it. Uh, well, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name only. All right. Let's do it. You know, let's do it. Um, you know, it's just, we get hung, people get hung up on, Formulas Sometimes they get hung up on this and and that. And what I want to do today is kind of delve into every aspect of it as I can in the time that we have. And then we're going to open everything up this morning and we're going to have a time of celebration as people come forward and are baptized in water, declaring their faith this morning. Okay. Yeah. And this is what I want. I'll remind you again when we get there, but this is not a somber deal. This is not one of those things where somebody, shh, they're getting baptized. make any noise in church. No. And if someone goes underneath that water, I want you to come unglued in this house this morning because they are literally, literally, you're going to see what happens as we unpack this from scripture today. You're going to see that there is something that happens as they go under the water. And when they come out of the water, there is something that happens in our life. I've witnessed people that are racked in addiction and they get baptized in water. When they go under, they're an addict. When they come up, they're clean. I've seen it. I've seen people healed by the power of God. I've seen people in bondage to all sorts of things. When they come out of that tank, when they come out of that water, something has transpired. There's a transformation that takes place. And if it's just a symbol, then it doesn't mean anything, but it's more. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. So let's look at the most important example in scripture, Matthew 3. Uh, this is not in your notes. Uh, it was just something that I, on the way down this morning, I just felt like I needed to add this to it because I want you to see that this is something that Jesus did. Matthew 3, 13 through 17, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Jesus is being baptized. But John tried to deter him saying, I need, you to, I need to be baptized by you. And you come to me saying this? And Jesus said, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, and that did not mean he got up on the bank again. That means he went under the water and came up. And when he came up out of the water, this is what happens. At that moment, heaven was opened. The spirit of the Lord descended like a dove and lit on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. Now, I'm not going to guarantee this morning that when you come out of the water, the heavens are going to open up and a dove's going to light on your head and you're going to hear God speaking in a James Earl Jones' voice uh, up there, but it could happen. I mean, God can do anything. He jolly well pleases. He's kind of like God, you know, so he can do that. Uh, but I will tell you this, that something's going to happen to you. It's, there's going to be something that's going to deeply move in your spirit as this happens today. You say, well, I didn't sign up. That's okay. We've got t-shirts and scrubs back there. And if you just don't want to wear the scrubs and a t-shirt, you've got to wear your clothes. Okay, we're, we're not going to do that. Um, but you're going to go home wet. Okay, but that's up to you. But you don't have to. We've got stuff to take care of that. So there's four views pertaining to baptism. Uh, Some of these you will know from your, your, your tradition. Okay. However you grew up the sacramental view. This is typically where the Roman Catholics and the Lutherans kind of fall in here. That is baptized. Baptism is a means by which God conveys grace. And by getting baptized, the person has their sins forgiven. So they tie water baptism with the forgiveness of sins. So, if you get baptized in the Catholic or Roman Roman Catholic or the Lutheran faith, then they actually believe that baptism is what that that act of grace that takes place there. It has the act or the power to convey grace. Lutheran view concentrates on the faith that is present in the person that's being baptized, uh, or their faith is awakened through the preaching of the word. That's the sacramental view. The covenantal view, all right, this is another viewpoint of water baptism. And that is, baptism is a sign and a seal of God's covenant. You remember in the Old Testament that uh, Israel practiced the rite of circumcision. Circumcision is what identified Israel. It set them apart from every, every other nation on the planet. If people wanted to convert and become, they had to go through the rite of circumcision or the act of circumcision. And the covenantal view is the New Testament version of circumcision through baptism. Is the way a person enters into covenant with God, and because you are baptized, then you actually unlock all the benefits of being in the kingdom of God. Uh, They use Colossians 2 as an example, uh, verse 11, in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the work of God, who raised him from the dead. So that's the covenantal view. The third view is the symbolic view. And this is where a lot of Protestants fall with this this viewpoint. Um, That it stresses the symbolic nature of baptism. Baptism doesn't cause an inward change or alter a person's relationship with God in any way. It is an outward indicator of an inward change that's already occurred in the believer's life. It's a public testimony. And it basically, that's where it's at. It's an act of obedience, but it's just your public declaration of faith. And it's interesting to note that in the Bible, you know, we do altar calls now and we ask you, anybody here want to get, you know, you want to know Jesus, raise your hand. They didn't do that. That's not a, that's not a Bible thing. That's a kind of a Western thing. Uh, actually their public declaration of faith was water baptism. You come to faith in Jesus. You believe in Jesus. One, actually one place in Acts, they said, is there anything that hinders these from being baptized right now? No, you know, and so they find a hole of water and boom, they go to dunking people. I mean, that's just what they did. Um, so, the symbolic view, the church explains baptism this way. The church practices baptism and the believers submit to it because Jesus commanded that this be done. And we heard him say that in Matthew there. He gave us the example by being baptized himself. We saw that. So, baptism is an act of obedience, commitment, and proclamation, but is symbolic in nature. And so, they're not bent toward an experience that something actually had happened or an encounter that actually happens. So we've looked at three views. We've looked at the sacramental view, we've looked at the covenantal view, and we've looked at the symbolic view. The fourth view is kind of where I personally lean, okay? And it's called the dynamic view. Uh, it considers other viewpoints. In other words, I see I see elements of each of these. And I think that there's some reality that's there's some truth that we can pull out of each of these these, these viewpoints. But it focuses on the power that is inherent in the Holy Spirit's present at baptism. That there's something that else that happens there. While repentance and faith have to precede baptism in the moment. In other words, you're not going to baptize someone that doesn't know Jesus. All right? But since faith and repentance precede the moment and new birth has already been experienced, water baptism is seen and can be seen as a moment when past bondages can be broken. When a commitment to separate from a past life of, of carnal indulgence and, and, and worldly living and all this can be separated and it, and, and, and it can be situated in a way that, if you will, a spiritual circumcision uh, is symbolized in this thing. So the dynamic view sees both a witness, it's the way I publicly declare my faith, but there's something else, there's an encounter that happens when I go into the water, when, I'm, when I go under the water, when I come out of the water, something happens in that moment, and it's an encounter that is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, so that something happens in the life of the individual, it is a dynamic moment, it's not just a time to get wet, okay, something's going on in this. And I think we do a disservice to the, to the act of baptism or the sacrament of baptism or whatever you want to call it when we just go, that's just a symbol or it's just a sacrament or it's just a this. Now, we can't, we can't attach it to salvation because that's, that's just non-biblical. We're saved by grace through faith, not of works, what? Lest anyone can boast. If you have to be baptized to be saved, that's the works righteousness mentality and that takes away from the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Everybody okay so far? All right, so what is water baptism? Well, it is a public declaration. It's, it, is, it is that thing uh, of our faith in Jesus. It's an outward demonstration of what's happened inside of us as a transformation when we choose to follow Jesus. Now, it, now we've already talked about this, but I will mention it again. You have to separate baptism from salvation. And this is where I, I differ with Roman Catholicism and, and the Lutheran because they, they tend to lend that and connect it to uh, their faith, their salvation. And I, you can't do that. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of work so that no one can boast. Galatians 3, so in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. You're all baptized into Christ, you've closed yourself with Christ. Now let me ask you this question. Do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? Some say yes. Some say no. Or is it or is it just okay, you have to be baptized, you don't have to be baptized. Because if we say that you have to be baptized to go to heaven, then what about the thief on the cross? I mean Jesus literally looked at the guy and said, Today you'll be in heaven. You'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, Okay, Rome, hang on just a second, religious people step aside, take us down. We've got to find a hole of water real quick. We've got to get this guy under the water. Then you can put us back on the cross, then we'll finish what we started. He didn't do that. He said, while he's on there dying next to Jesus, he said, today, you'll be with me. So if we add, you've got it. then it just takes away from that whole thing. So no, you don't. But should you be? That's the question. I don't know if I want to get up in front of people and my hair's going to get all messed up, you know, and I don't know if I want to do that. Okay, I get that. But it is a public declaration. You know, it is a public deal. Um, I mean, I baptized people in creeks and rivers. You know, I, I baptized my, my oldest grandson a couple of years ago. And you saw the video of that debacle, you know, was down in Turkey Creek. And, and I put him under the water and I pull him up and I lose my balance on the edge of the creek. And I slip and I just fall right on top of him And now He went down for a second time. Whop! You know, I mean, I just pile drive him in the bunk to, to the bottom of Turkey Creek, you know. I just laid on him there for just a few minutes trying to help his mom and dad out, you know. <laughs> but it is a public declaration, okay? Uh, it's a symbol of a transformed life. You say, well, you said it wasn't a symbol. It is both symbol and it's also experiential. It's both of these things. It is very much a symbolic act, but I, I want you to listen to Colossians 2 uh, 12, 13, and four. This is Eugene Peterson in the message. I love how he words this. If it is an initiation ritual that you're after, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. And then he goes up into the explanation. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin, dead life, you were incapable of responding to God, but God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate white clean, that old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. So it's, yes, it's symbolic, but it's also experiential as well. It is a symbol of Jesus Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. The water is symbolic of a grave. As you're immersed, you go under the water, your old self dies, is buried just as Jesus died and was buried. In the same way, just as Jesus rose to life again on the third day, you too rise from the water as a symbol of your new life in him as a brand new creation. You are free from the guilt of your past and sin and all the shame that comes with that. By faith, the water washes away anything that makes you feel unclean and unworthy to be loved by God. That's where the Holy Spirit moves and and melds into the symbolism. The Holy Spirit empowers the moment. Just as He does the, the believer for witness when the Holy Spirit, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into water baptism. And while you go under that water, there's this thing that's taking place by the Holy Spirit. When you come up, you're propelled into a new lifestyle. The old things are passed away, the new stuff is here, and all things are of God in that moment. It's the beauty of water baptism. It's more than just a symbol. It's more than just a sacrament. It is a witness and it's a declaration and it is a symbol, but it is also an encounter with the Holy Spirit of God that propels us into a new life. We okay? All right, here we go. A little bit further. Romans 6. Every now and then I touch this thing and it goes crazy. Romans 6. When we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order... That just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Being water baptized makes a public declaration to God and others that you no you no longer consider your life to be your own. Your life now belongs to God. And as such, you look to his leadership and not your own. Paul said to the church at Galatians, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So why do we get baptized? Why should you be baptized this morning? Well, because Jesus was. He was our example. He was baptized in, in the Jordan River. He, he chose to do that. John looked at him and said, no, wait a minute. You need to baptize me. And he said, no, we have to do this to fulfill the righteous requirements. Now, listen to me. You and I have sin in our life. We all have sin in our life. We need the water. Okay, I mean, someone told me before church, they said, I probably need to be baptized every week. And I thought, you know, that, that probably wouldn't hurt me either. You know, and we're going to be baptizing a couple of guys in here this morning. And one of the, one of the wives just said to me before church, just hold them down a, just a little longer. You know, so I may put my foot on somebody. I don't know. But here's the thing. Here's the whole, here's the whole thing in a nutshell. If a sinless Messiah Felt the need to be baptized. Who are you and I to say, no, we don't need to. And we shouldn't. Even though he was without sin, he humbled himself to undergo this process so that he could identify with us and give us an example to follow. 1 John 2, 6, whoever says that lives in Jesus ought to walk the same way that Jesus walked. We should just do it. So how are we going to do it this morning? Well, do we sprinkle? Do we immerse? Well, we immerse here, unless there's no other alternative, obviously, but I'm not going to go into too much of the difference between the two, but basically, let me just give you three reasons why we believe that baptism is full immersion, that you get wet from head to toe. First, the Greek word in the Bible for baptism is baptizo, which literally means to immerse, to submerge, or to overwhelm. So we could just stop there If we wanted to, but there's a second reason. Jesus wasn't sprinkled or partially baptized. The Bible says he came up out of the water, so he was was fully immersed. And then, third, in terms of the symbolic nature of water baptism, once we receive Jesus into our heart, we're not partially cleansed. We're not partially cleansed. We're not partially transformed into a new person or partially brought from death to life. Jesus died a complete death and he was fully resurrected. And baptism needs to reflect the fullness and completeness of what Jesus did on the cross, including resurrected from the dead on the third day. His cross work was not partial. He didn't say when he was dying, well, I'm almost done. What did he say? It is finished. It is finished. It was complete. It was full. Therefore, our act of faith by full immersion in water symbolizes the fullness of all that you and I have received through Jesus Christ. So, who should be baptized? Who should be baptized? Everybody. Every believer. All believers. Matthew 28 19 and 20. Go and make disciples of all nations. This is Jesus speaking, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I'm with you always until the end of the age. Now, we're always asked, well, what about children? We do not. As a tradition, baptize infants. We do baptize children. You'll see that this morning. We have some children that are going to be baptized here this morning. Um, And here's the thing about that baptism demands a decision on the part of the person being baptized. You got to make a call. You got to make the, I I want to follow Jesus. It's an act of obedience. It's a decision. It's a matter of the will. I am choosing to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lordship of Christ in my life. And I want to be baptized. A child has to be at that age where they understand what is happening and can make a decision to do this. Now, listen to me, guys, parents. You shouldn't strong arm your children this way. You shouldn't grab your children by the nape of the neck and go, you're going to be baptized because you need it. <laughs> they might. But until they're ready to receive it and submit to the process and what it means and what it is, it's not going to do a whole lot of good. You know? But what I've been baptized before, that's fine. I've been baptized a couple of times in my life and myself. One guy's going to be baptized, this is his third shot. Third time's a charm. You know, and I've literally had, I've had people look at us, look at me because they know that I will will re-baptize you until it sticks. (laughs) But I've had people look at me and go, you shouldn't be doing, that's heresy. I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think there are those of us that struggle in life at levels. And we want to be as much like Jesus as we possibly can. And we want to follow Jesus. And so if we have to do it multiple times, we do it. Okay, we just do it, you know? People say, well, you shouldn't pray for healing more. You just ask God for healing and then just let it be. Because the, because the Bible says, don't, be, don't let the, the multiplicity of your words and vain babblings and all that kind of stuff. I'm a firm believer in you talk and you pray until it happens. Same thing with water baptism. Well, it diminishes, the, the, it doesn't diminish it. It does not diminish what is going on. What it, in my mind, what it says is, I want to get this right, and I'm going to go, I'm going to die to myself until self is dead. If I've been baptized five times or 10 times or 100 times, if you need it every week, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But the real deal is, where are you at today? It's, it's something that all believers should be doing. All right? So when do I get Baptized? right now if you already signed up for water baptism go ahead and make your way to the tank to the side over here i think our children's ministry is coming in at this point they're going to come in and be a part of this this morning let's give them a hand as they come in the back door our united kids ministry is coming in the house this morning By the way, Colby's the one that his wife said, hang on to him, get him, keep him under the water. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he said, he said, this is my third time, pastor. Colby, what we said you got at, was at birth and then at confirmation. Yeah. And today's going to be the first time you get dumped, right? right. Going to stick this time. <laughs> Bring it on. Now here's the deal. If you're here today, and you didn't sign up. Move on to the tank. We got, we got you covered. So come on. You want to be baptized in water? Just move on out that. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, give them a hand as they move that way. Give them a hand. We're going to do it this morning. Ooh, not only do we have united children here, we have united students coming in the house in the back as well. Come on. Hey, Miss Marley. Hi, Pastor Phil. Hey, darling. How y'all doing? Y'all ready to watch some baptisms? Yeah. All right, yeah. good deal, good deal. Good deal. All right, we're going to start off, I think Luke's going to go in the tank first. Now remember, when they go under, what you're going to do? Okay, you got to do better than that. When they go under, what you're going to do, You That's what I want to hear this morning. All right, Luke, take it away, my friend.